What's up, guys? The pub is open. I am your host, Luke, and tonight for this episode of the Cinepub Podcast, I'm going to sit down with an adult beverage and discuss the 2020 Blumhouse Universal Monster reboot of The Invisible Man. I'm also going to briefly discuss the 1933 original starring Claude Rains. Like I said, my name is Luke, and I've been writing about movies on the internet for over a decade now in places like Tall Glass of Film, Movies Online, OneOfUs.net, and most recently over at Bloody Good Horror. So if you want to read some of my work, head on over there and you'll actually see a review of what I'm about to talk about, Lee Wanell's The Invisible Man. Before we get to the movie, let's dig into what I'm drinking tonight. Since I'm digging into both a classic piece of cinema and a modern update of the concept, I poured myself a bar classic. This is an old-fashioned, but with a modern twist. By modern twist, I mean I improvised a bit because I didn't have all the ingredients, uh, but you make do with what you got. In my glass, I've mixed a bit of screwballs peanut butter whiskey, some homemade simple syrup, and some cherry bitters. You could call it a PB&J old-fashioned, and I would say it's more for people who, like me, don't drink a lot of liquor. Uh, The PB whiskey, the peanut butter whiskey, doesn't have the kick some of your more traditional whiskeys have. And in fact, in my opinion, it's much sweeter and easier to drink on its own. Uh, With the syrup and cherry bitters, it gives just a little bit more sweetness to the point that I don't really know if I would recommend drinking more than one of these in a sitting unless you have some insulin lying around. Uh, So I'm going to be sipping on that while I uh, talk about uh, The Invisible Man here. And now that the spirits are flowing, uh, we'll go ahead and transition to that discussion with uh, The Invisible Men of the Past. I actually tried to get around to finishing H.G. Wells' novella, but couldn't quite find the time to finish it. But I did, for the first time, bust open my Blu-ray collection of the original Universal Monsters, and also for the first time watched the 1933 version of The Invisible Man. Tackling this collection has been pretty intimidating to me for a while now, so I thought now was as good a time as any to get started with The Invisible Man being at the peak of everyone's attention right now. Unsurprisingly, as I close these gaps in my classic movie knowledge, I find that I don't know why I waited so long to watch some of these movies. James Whale's film is a lot campier than I would have anticipated, though I don't know if I really had much expectation at all for its campiness, since as a piece of culture it's not something that comes up in regular conversation unless a reboot like this comes out. Claude Rain's performance is fantastic, even though you never really see him, um, he carries movie on his shoulders. Another surprise was how well done the special effects were for the time. Though you can see uh, the seams at certain times, given the age of the effects, it's still extremely impressive. And I think that uh, is going to lead us into a discussion of Lee Winnell's 2020 reboot starring none other than Elizabeth Moss. 
I see attorney representing Adrian's trust. I'm required to read a prepared statement. Cecilia, although our relationship was far from perfect, I thought that you would talk to me rather than run away. Are you okay? What happened to him? He cut his wrist for his final wishes. You get him $5 million. Contingent, of course, on the fine print. He can't be ruled to be mentally incompetent. It just doesn't make any sense. What? Adrian wouldn't kill himself. Listen, you're getting your freedom back, okay? Don't let him haunt you. Hello? That was a little bit of the trailer for The Invisible Man. And uh, to start off with, one of the questions I had going into this reboot was how exactly it was going to present this idea. The 1933 version follows a man who's gone insane after applying the invisibility serum to himself and he can't reverse the process. Uh, The marketing for this new version, uh, directed by Lee Winnell, seemed as far from that concept as it could be. And uh, it is centered around an abused woman who escapes a toxic relationship with uh, Adrian Oliver Jackson Cohen from Netflix's uh, The Haunting of Hill House, only to receive news two weeks later that he's committed suicide, left her a portion of his fortune, not long after a series of of coincidences has Cecilia, played by Elizabeth Moss, believing that Adrian, a genius in the world of optics, has figured out how to turn himself invisible and is tormenting her all over again and making her seem crazy. Wanell's angle couldn't have a firmer place in today's social climate, uh, with the Me Too movement uh, gaining momentum gaining fire all the time elizabeth moss is this film's mvp and she's putting in some of the best work of her career but the mood that one l is able to manufacture can't be overlooked either the opening scene does so much to cast a veil of dread over the entire movie as it wordlessly fills in the awful dynamic between adrian and cecilia that's become so damaging that she sees no option but to drug him and sneak away in the middle of the night, giving no one any context to why she's made this decision. As a storyteller, there's no better way to instill confidence in your audience than to be able to push across a lived history uh, and relationship without a lengthy or lazy info dump. Though Cecilia does give some context later on, It comes only to really sell the threat of what's to come later and what Adrian might be capable of. Still, because Cecilia is the only one with the suspicion and she has no way to prove it, her claims that Adrian is invisible is naturally outlandish and it doesn't take much for people to question her sanity. And as the film ratchets up to the middle and third acts, 
the doubt is all but removed as to what's going on, and the tension only swells and never really lets up until the credits roll. You've got intermittent moments to catch your breath, though some tele- with, with some telegraphed jump scares, but the next second you'll find yourself slowly gripping your seat tighter again to pre- prepare for the next. This film, like all films, as I don't believe in total perfection, is not without some flaws, and to get into them I feel like it's time to lay down a spoiler warning as most of them revolve around the film's final act. So if you want to remain unsullied, now is the time to pause this, see the film in theaters right now, and come back. If you are still here, essentially, uh, I think as the film speeds towards the climax of what has transpired, doesn't hold up to persistent scrutiny. Most of it revolving around the logistics of Adrian's lawyer brother and his revelation that he's been working with Adrian all along and with the revelation later that C is pregnant and all she has to do is agree to keep the baby for her troubles to go away. Eventually, when Cecilia gets the upper hand, and wounds who she believes to be Adrian in this invisibility suit, causing it to malfunction and eventually shooting and killing him only to reveal it to be Adrian's brother and Adrian was locked away in his own basement, presumably framing his brother for what he's done. It begs the question to the competency of the law enforcement in this movie Uh, the medical professionals and reporters that all would have likely had to confirm the death of someone so wealthy. Plus the pictures of Adrian's dead body, which could have been staged but Cecilia's for Cecilia's eyes only, but nonetheless each revelation only invites more questions leading to the finale when Cecilia retreats to the restroom after agreeing to have dinner with Adrian, where she ultimately retrieves the suit uh, the extra invisibility suit that we see earlier on in the movie that she's stowed away in a closet and slashes Adrian's throat, catching it on camera so that it looks like a suicide. It's a bit of a, a retread given the optics mogul already apparently faked a suicide once, but luckily her friend's a cop, so we shouldn't really worry too much that someone will push the issue too much. Ultimately, the plotting in the final act feels a bit muddier than the first two, which doesn't fatally harm what was already done so well, but it does hold it back from being something truly transcendent. With that, uh, I think that brings us to the end of this episode of the Cinepub podcast. I want to thank anyone who tuned in and hope you enjoyed the my discussion on The Invisible Man from 1933 and 2020. If you have any feedback whatsoever, please reach out via email, which is cinepubpod at gmail.com. And you can follow me at, on both Twitter and Instagram with the username cinepubpod. Thanks again for listening, and have a great night. Cheers. Closing time. One last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey.